0: Welcome to Your Story Matters, the show where we share inspiring stories from all around the world. After you've listened to this one, why don't you tell us yours? Share your story at yourstorymatters.net. But first, here's your host, speaker and writer, Angela Schaefers.
1: Today I have the opportunity to interview Stephen Taco. He is an actor, writer, producer and author of Motivated to Act, Stephen's going to share his story with us today and hopefully some tips on how we can be motivated to act. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. I'm very excited to share about your story and your book. Let's start with some of your past, how things led up to you becoming an actor, writer, producer. If you could share that background story with our listeners, that'd be great.
0: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, it kind of started when I was a, when I was a kid. It wasn't like I was into, uh, you know, drama and acting and all that back then. It's just that I, I always loved entertaining. Um, I knew like in sixth grade, I was, uh, I was told that I was the best male singer in class. And, uh, and, uh, that was kind of cool. You know, we used to do like little fun kids pageants and whatever. Um, but then, uh, I also used to make up all these dance routines. And, uh, my sister and I used to have dreams of being on an American bandstand or soul train or something like mm-hmm. that. And, uh, you know, but we lived in a small farming community in Ohio and, uh, you know, didn't really have any aspirations of really making it to, uh, Los Angeles at any point. Um, but I remember my mom sitting down folding laundry and, and, uh, and I said, mom, mom, you know, let me, let me show you this new dance move. And I put on like, dogs. Uh, disco music or, you know, anything with a good sun beat and uh, do these big dance numbers. And she used to love just sitting there watching me, watching me dance. Mm -hmm. So um, eventually I, uh, when I was trying to become an adult, I was around 21 years old Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, where, where can I be that I, um, you know, that can have some, some, um, exposure to other aspects of life outside of, of this small community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had a couple sisters that were living in Los Angeles. So I planned my move out to Los Angeles and actually stayed with one of my sisters. And one of the first things I did was I, I hooked up some uh, background acting company. And, uh, and I just loved being on set. But I didn't really have any connections. I didn't really know, uh, you know, any people that could open up doors for me. And the pay for being a background person really wasn't one that you could survive on, you mm-hmm. know, unless you were, like, working every day, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, so I ended up, I ended up uh, interviewing for a medical company, and I ended up getting that job. And I'll tell you, Angela, what happened was it was really weird. I, I accepted the job with this medical company, and then, right before I was supposed to start, I got a call from the acting company that I hooked up with, and they said they wanted me to come out and read for a part. Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that, but then I was like, "Gosh, I already made the commitment to join this other company, and and there's no there's no guarantee with the acting job." And I thought, "Gosh, I just I, I'm supposed to be starting, you know, on Monday." So I ended up passing on that opportunity in acting. And I went the, the safer route, um, and ended up taking the job, the full time job. And um that was back in the uh, late eighties. Mm-hmm. And then and then in uh and in the mid nineties I ended up um taking some I, I got married in eighty nine and then in the mid nineties I got involved uh, to some acting classes and got some headshots, but then my wife was like um, no, 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 you're not, you're not going to go into acting, you know, you need something secure, mm-hmm. we are going to start a family, you know, uh, you need secure income and benefits and all that. And so I reluctantly gave up my dream again. Um, and, uh, you know, in hindsight, I mean, I'm glad I, I, I had, uh, we ended up having a, a son in 1996 and, and so I needed the secure income, but then we split up in December of '09. And then it took me about two months to all of a sudden kind of come out of a fog where all of a sudden I was like, hey, wait a second, nobody can tell me that I can't follow my passions and dreams now of acting. Right, right. And so uh, so then that was the end of 2009, the of 2010. And so I started taking some acting classes again and got my new headshots. And, and then it was May of 2010 that I went on my first audition and I've been pursuing it ever since.
1: That's great. Can you talk with the listeners and share how it felt during those years when you weren't living your dream and you weren't living life purposefully? Because obviously your purpose is to be an actor, writer, producer, and I know that a lot of people struggle with sometimes having to make certain choices because of finances or family or whatever. What was that like for you?
0: Well, you know, I had to take a look at what was the most important thing you know now and I had to look at my future and there's sometimes you have to make certain sacrifices and then there's a time for then there's a time for gambling and I'll tell you I've never really been much of a gambler mm-hmm. you know like I don't even go to Vegas and, and or any of that stuff but I I, um, I have to say it was it was a challenge like I went through so many jobs I was like a job hopper Mm -hmm. Because I kept going from one job to another job to another job, always searching for something that would maintain my interest level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something would seem kind of interesting, and then six months later, I'd learn it. And then I'd be like, okay, so this is it?
1: Right, right.
0: This is what I'm going to do for the next 30 years until I retire? Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. And and I also did another thing, Angela, which was kind of a, a neat exercise. Is I would look at the people who were in my industry that were like you know 20 years older than me, and I would say, is this the type of life that I want?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is this you know, is this where I want to be? And it was always no, and I felt I felt discouraged. I felt trapped at times. You know, uh, I remember working for one company where, and I write about this in my book. All of a sudden, I had this 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 uh, saying that came to me. And it was break free and use your gifts.
1: Mm, I like it. And
0: it. Yeah. And when I wrote that down, that's when I went back and I started taking some acting classes again. This was in the, this was in the nineties. And, um, um, you know, so I actually was excited, you know, I was like, wow, I'm taking some theater classes and, and, uh, you know, getting my head shots whatever, you know, but it, it, it was still, you know, you have to, you have to have a uh, married, you have to have a spouse, that is is supportive of that mm-hmm. yeah. You know, that that kind of can say yes I understand this is what you want to do and I, and I support it and I think it's great um, but um, if you have you know a baby on the way or if you got a small kid you know you have to really say okay what's most important right. is it all about me is it all about me right now is am I the most important person or is this little baby that I'm bringing into the world have very important needs? You know, mm-hmm. maybe I could set my my goals and my passions on the side for right now, so I can I can take care of my child. Right, that makes uh, a lot of I sense. At, yeah, thanks. And when I and when I looked at it that way, Angela, um, I I really I really felt like I was doing the right thing. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like I was all you know agonizing over the fact that you know oh my life is on hold and whatever. When my uh, my son was. 13, 13 years old, my wife and I split up, you know, I realized at that point, is like, you know what, I, I did, I, I, I was a great father and I provided well for my son and I made a lot of money and, you know, did, did very well and i I appreciate everything that I have and now it's time where, you know, he doesn't need me, he doesn't need me every day as much as he did before and he's living with his mom most of the time. I'm like, hey, now's, now's a good time. It's a great transitional phase in my life as I'm going through now being single. Mm-hmm. It's a great time to, to look at, okay, what is my real purpose here on life? What, are, what, were, my, what were, the, were my dreams? And I was in the mortgage business. And I looked at it, Angela, and I said, you know what? Not once when I was growing up did I ever say, I want to be a banker. hmm but so now it's time. Now was a great transition time. And I, and I tell people, boy, if you find yourself single all of a sudden or you find yourself with laid off or the, the kids moved out, you're an empty nester now, or you moved to a new city or you just graduated from some school or you just retired, these are all the transitional phases that I encourage people who attend my seminars that this is the time for them to really explore what is their what is their purpose in life, what are their passions, mm-hmm. what are their dreams, and and I'm just thrilled that I'm living mine now. Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome and good for you. I love to hear stories like this that have wonderful outcomes, and I love how your perspective on doing what you need to do when you're in a certain mode of responsibility, and certainly having a child is a huge responsibility and obligation that once we make that decision, and that choice, that's what we need to do is do what's best for them. Can you share with the listeners how you felt when you suddenly had that freedom. Because I know that people have asked me, sometimes it's so shocking to all of a sudden be an empty nester or to retire from one position they've had for 30 years and still have lots of time to do something. What was that like? Was was that an easy transition? Was it shocking to you? What happened for you there? And how do you suggest others deal with those times of big life changes?
0: You know, that's a wonderful question, and it reminds me of the uh, an elephant being trained. An elephant has a very, very good memory, and if you tie, you, you probably have heard this story, but if you if you tie a chain around an, an elephant's leg, the elephant will pull at it and realize that he can't move. Eventually, after enough training, the trainer no no longer needs to put the chain around the elephant's leg. Because the elephant just instinctively, even if he hears the chain rattle, thinks that he's tied up that he's not going to try to take off. Mm-hmm. And we, as humans, tend to have a memory of how things were and we sometimes forget that we, can, we have the power to change things. We have the, ch- we have the power to... To create our own destiny, mm-hmm. and and I had that chain wrapped around me. I had the chain of of you can't do this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Growing up, you know, I was a kid that was picked on a lot in school, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I write about it. In my my the first chapter of my book titled "The Damaged Child," and I write about you know how I was picked on so much that it it left me with a, a feeling of inferiority, mm-hmm. you know, and when I was When I was going through this transition, all of a sudden, you know, I've got this freedom and I kept forgetting. I kept forgetting I had the freedom. Mm -hmm. And I would catch myself doing things or going places or, or not doing things when all of a sudden I realized, wait a second, what do you mean? What do you mean I can't do this? I can do this. Right, right. You no know, who's gonna stop me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I and and my my time is no longer accountable for. Like I could I could go anywhere I want to. If I wanted to take off for a weekend, I could. And it was it was so liberating for anybody who is now going through this transition, I would have to say is is break the chain that's that's binding them mm-hmm. and and get over the fact that okay, maybe you couldn't do it before, but now you can. Mm-hmm. We get stuck in those old excuses, those old crutches. Well, I can't do this, you know. Well, one day, you know, when we retire, we're going to do this, or we're going to travel. What happens to the person who, you know, unfortunately died of cancer at 50, before they ever retired,
1: Mm -hmm. and they had
0: all this money saved up and never got to go on that dream vacation?
1: Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like,
0: gosh, do it. You know, if you want to paint a picture, you know, then take a a lesson or, or just... Paint, you know, get a canvas and start doing it. Start creating your own, you know, your own excitement in your life. You want to sing a song? Heck, I never expected, I never really thought I was going to be a recording artist, you know, and and at age, say I'm 47 now, so at age 45 or 46, all of a sudden I became a recording artist. And I've got Mm -hmm. two songs on iTunes. That's
1: great. Wow. Good for you. That's exciting news to hear that there's always an opportunity to change and grow and and do what our heart desires. And sometimes it's just timing. Sometimes it's just a life shift, whatever it is. But that's great that you're motivating others to do something about their life and to live their purpose and live their dreams. Were there other things along the way that impacted you as far as Learning from life and figuring out what was most important to you, and, and building your character as far as having that will and desire to move forward.
0: Well, I had a, you know, whenever somebody says they had a, a close brush with death, mm-hmm. that, that tends to change people. Um, and I did have, I did have that last year actually in, in April. I was running a, I was running a race. And, and this reminds me of of two stories now, but one of them is, is that I I was running a race and I, I was, it was a relay race and it was like 200 miles long. And my, my part was only like 13 miles, but I was running the first leg of it and I didn't train properly. And, um, and I was getting near the end, getting near the end and I was thinking, gosh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And the next thing I know, I woke up in the emergency room wow yeah and it was just so scary you know and I thought oh my gosh you know what what is going on and I realized you know I got all these hands on me and there people are talking and and there, there's like two IVs in my arms and they're packing ice under my back and packing ice on my legs and I'm like you know I'm now I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit and I'm thinking what happened you know did I have a heart attack did I did I wander into the street and i, and I you know, semi truck hit me, mm-hmm. you know, with my face all mangled up. You know, I, I didn't know what was going on. And it turned out that I had severe dehydration and acute renal failure. And I thought I was going to die.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: was like, I was calling out to my son, you know, please tell my son that I love him and that I'm sorry. And, and I was feeling sad for my parents because, you know, nobody should bury their children. And, you know, and then I was thinking, oh, my gosh, my book is coming out, and, and it's supposed to be coming out in, like, two weeks. You know, I can't die before my book comes out. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and when, I was, when I was laying there and they were running all these tests and wheeling me around and doing all sorts of stuff, I started thinking about some things. And that was the neuro-linguistic programming training that I had years ago,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is of like, Tony Robbins' work is based on. And I've used neuro-linguistic programming to keep myself healthy. Like, I literally, I have not been sick other than, like, maybe a few times in the last 15 years when somebody around me has had the flu, and they're down for, like, days, and I'd maybe be sick for, like, a half day. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I haven't had a cold. I haven't had any other sickness in, like, 15 years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool. And it's because I use neuro-linguistic programming. I use this, like a self-meditation you know, to help all the white blood cells keep me healthy. So whenever you you know you, you get that feeling like, oh, man, I'm coming down with something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, as soon as I got that feeling, I've used this technique to start fighting uh, any disease that's trying to uh, make me ill. and And it's worked every time. And it's just completely amazing. So while I was laying there thinking that I was dying, all of a sudden it dawned on me, gosh, if my mind is so powerful that it can will me, it can, it can strengthen my immune system. If I'm thinking all negatively and I'm thinking that I'm dying and mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my last breath here, I can will myself very sick as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, you know, I started thinking, you know, healthy thoughts and, And thinking about surviving and living and, you know, sure enough, it wasn't too far after that that the doctors were saying, wow, your coloring is coming back. You're looking really good. At that point, I I broke down a little bit because I realized I'm I'm in the safe zone and I'm going to make it.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: But when you have a close brush with death like that, it makes you realize that life is so fragile. Yes. And there are so many things. Like people get all caught up over,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like you know, who keeps leaving the cap off the milk, you know, or mm-hmm. who who keeps putting the uh, the toilet paper roll in with the uh, toilet paper facing downwards and stuff. Like, you know, it's like silly stuff that people get riled up about. Or, gosh, I can't believe you know my boss is so awful and I hate my work and whatever. It's like, well, you know what? This is your life. Do something about it. Right. Why settle? Why settle for a mediocre existence?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so, so that brush of death certainly uh, made me think about that. And then the other thing actually had to do with another, cause another uh, um, race that I did, and this was my one and only marathon that I ran back in 97. I won't go into the whole story because I write about it in my book, but but in a nutshell, I was able to complete that race. And when you do something so monumental like that, hmm it stays with you where you're like, gosh, if I could run a marathon, I could do this as well.
1: That's right. Right.
0: I'd like to, you know, reflect back on that. You know, if anybody if any of your listeners, you know, are thinking, you know, gosh, I I delivered a baby, you mm-hmm. know, if I did something so painful and so emotional like that. Mm-hmm. What else can I accomplish?
1: Right, right. And I think that's sometimes what happens to all of us is that we get stuck in those moments of discouragement or hopelessness and feel like we can't get through something or things aren't going to get better. And we don't remember our story, which is part of what you're sharing, the things that we've already overcome and that we've already achieved and, and learned from in dealing with tragedies and difficulties. I'm sure you've learned tons from your divorce, from your early career and the change and transition. What was it that prompted you to write your book, Motivated to Act?
0: Well, I went to a motivational seminar actually. There's a guy, uh, his name is Clay Deswald and he used to work with Guns N' Roses. And he does this motivational seminar and part of the seminar was on I'm writing a book, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, one of my favorite subjects in school was English, and I always liked the writing part of uh, English class. And in fact, in college, I took writing, uh, I think it was Writing 101 or something, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And, and I've written articles for different magazines and newspapers over the years, and, uh, and I love getting... You know, I love getting feedback, you know, that my article helps somebody in, in any aspect. Mm-hmm. So I took the seminar and I thought, gosh, you know, I could, I could write a book. This mm-hmm. would be really awesome to do. And then I thought, well, what, what would I write about? And so my first thought was, "Well, I could write about acting. I could write about acting. Yes, yes, I'm an actor now. Well, then I thought, gosh, you know, I've only been an actor for a year. Mm-hmm. So like when I got into acting in 2010, and this was like March of 2011. And I thought, well, I'm not really qualified to, to write about acting. So then I thought, I'll I'll write about my motivation to be an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll write about, you know, the trials and tribulations that I went through. And, you know, and I was going through, my, my wife and I had just thrown in the towel for the second time in, uh, in March of 2011. And there was very long the time that I was taking a seminar, and so I'm like, you know what i'm I'm going through this huge transition in my life, and this might actually be therapy for me as well. Mm-hmm. To start writing down all the thoughts, all the things that are going through my head, and how it is that I'm finally going to go after my true passions and dreams and and stick to it right and I thought, well, I'm going through this, and this is kind of painful and very challenging." And Angela, I will tell you, I was very, very scared. I was going out on uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have never written a book before. I've never been, you know, an actor before. I mean, I've been doing it part-time for a year, but I, I quit my full-time job in February 2011. And, uh, you know, and then a month later, my wife and I split up for good. And it's like, well, oh, I'm single I'm I'm not in the secure job of getting benefits and six-figure income. Now all of a sudden I'm I'm scraping to get by, and and uh, this is this is scary, and yet it's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: and I started writing, started writing the book, and and I will tell you that um, a lot of my really close friends that even you know, that I've been friends with here in, in California, well we were we were like couple friends, you know like. Like the guy and I and his wife and me mm-hmm. and my wife, we were like we're like couples, whatever, and our kids are friends. And most of those people didn't want anything to do with me at that point because they thought maybe I was going through a midlife crisis or something. And they didn't understand why I left my wife and why I left my job to pursue acting. Right. The wives kind of like gathered together, you know, and you know, and and felt sorry for my wife and not realizing that every relationship takes two people to make it work,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't like some idiot or a jerk, you know, that was just abandoning my family and going out to pursue my own interests. Right. And buy a red
1: Porsche and (laughs) live at the beach. (laughs) I
0: very much wanted, I very much wanted her to be part of, of what I was doing. I very much wanted to live with my son every day and I wanted all that to be together so, yes, I was very scared. I was lonely a lot of times as well, and I had to persevere. Mm-hmm. i like, you know what? A lot of people are going to benefit from my book. A lot mm-hmm. of people are going to benefit from, from my story. I'm going to be very successful at some point, and I'm doing this for everybody. I'm not doing this for Steven Taco. I'm doing this for all the people that are, feel like they're stuck in, their, in a rut, that they're in bad relationships, they're living mediocre lives, they're not fulfilling their, their true passions. Uh, I don't want anybody to, to to bring their gifts to the grave. Right. I want them to share them with the world, You know, share them with all of us. Yes. And so I decided, hey, I'm going to write this book, and it's going to be about my motivation to act. So yes, it's going to be somewhat about acting, but motivated to act is to encourage people to act upon their true passions and dreams. You know, maybe it's to open up their own business. You know, maybe that's their passion. Maybe it's to travel. You know, maybe it's to, uh, you know, adopt kids. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, we have all passions. But uh, the word act for my book has a double meaning. And I, I do have two chapters dedicated to acting, but I try to write it in a way that, you know, most people, most people, even if they're not going to go into acting, that they would find it uh, you know, interesting what, what acting was like.
1: That makes sense. Let's talk a little bit more about how you dealt with that period of fear, of change, of perhaps not feeling some support or some loss, because not only did you lose your regular family unit, but you lost some friends, it sounds like, and some of your support system. How did you deal with that? Because those are things that, the listeners often write to me about how do we deal with the fear, the anger, whatever. Do you have some tips that you can share?
0: Yes, yes. One is that I would read in the Bible. I'm, I'm actually a, a Christian that that you know likes getting my encouragement from the Bible. I also saw some mistakes that I was making that uh, that I was able to help correct. Um, I'm not perfect by any means, you know. It's a long shot, but that has that's been you know, going to church and uh I joined a life group, you know, where we made, we met, you know, each Friday at somebody's house and, and I was able to, you know, talk to other people and they prayed for me and I prayed for them and that was definitely wonderful. Um, another thing was Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I used social media a lot. When I was writing my book, I would um, I had a sort of routine set up where the, the house had to be completely quiet. And I would set it. I would light a candle, and I would have a cup of tea, and I would start writing about nine thirty at night, and I'd finish about two thirty in the morning. And I would write on Facebook. Okay, I just finished chapter two. You know, okay, I'm halfway done with chapter three. Mm -hmm. And and then the encouragement that I would get from from people. Some were complete strangers, you know, that we just happened to be Facebook friends, that, right. that I never even knew. Or other people would be, like, you know, distant relatives. Some of my rel- some of my cousins in Ireland,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would be responding, or you know, people from Ohio, or you know, people from California. Of all, just you know, other actors and whatever. And so it was, it was so inspiring for me to use social media at that point right. to give little steps, little updates. And then people say, "I know you could do it, Stephen. You know right. you're you're you know you're motivating me already. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you're writing this book—that's great. I'm yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I
1: love social media for that too. I find that there's so many awesome things that you can learn about people, you can connect with, and again, sharing your own stuff, being encouraged and lifted up." doesn't have to always happen in person, face-to-face. You can use social media for support groups and all kinds of great stuff. So I'm glad you shared that because that's important for people to know that we are never, never alone. There's always help and support somewhere. We just have to reach out and and look for it and do something about that when we need it and admit we need it. Right. So before we wrap up, can you share a few tips from your book, Motivated to Act, with our listeners?
0: One tip. This is uh, this is a tip for anybody who is starting to feel any type of particular aches and pains, whether it's feel a cold coming on, or whether you've got a sore on your hand, you know, and you need to heal that sore, or you just got any type of ache somewhere. Um, and that is, it's a it's a mental exercise where you think of that area. Let's say let's say I've got um, a sore thumb, okay. So my sore thumb, it's it's on my left hand. And I focus, I close my eyes, and I think of all the white blood cells that are running through my body. Now, we've got white blood cells all over our legs, our hands, you know, everywhere, our head. And they're just kind of there. They're just kind of present always. And they're not really doing anything um, unless unless there's some sort of dis-ease going on. Then they start fighting it. So what I do is I channel... In my mind, I channel all of those white blood cells. And I'm doing it right now as I'm as I'm speaking to you. I channel all of those white blood cells to fight the fight. Now, I picture in the area where I've got some some problem area, I figure, okay, now I've got the white blood cells there are already fighting. They're already fighting some sort of whatever is going on in that area. They're, they're giving my white blood cells a good run for the money. And they're kind of banged up. So all of a sudden now... I've got a whole bunch of reinforcements that are coming from another area of my body. All these fresh, healthy, strong white blood cells that are fighting that area, fighting, fighting, fighting any disease that's going on, any ailment. You know, I'm not done there because now all of a sudden one of my, my right leg, I've, I've channeled all the white blood cells up from that leg, and they're all going to fight that area as well. So over and over and over. And it only takes me about five minutes to do this is amazing if you can if you can get yourself into a quiet area close your eyes so don't do it while you're driving uh, but just channel all the white blood cells into that area see the white blood cells as fighting soldiers that are working so hard and they're winning they're winning the victorious battle so anyway, so that's one thing that i that i actually teach in some of my seminars as well but um, that's a good a good tip for anybody to try it on their own another thing is go Go find something to do that, that is out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Go force yourself to do it, whether it's go sign up for a 5K or a, a mud run or go, uh, go volunteer at a, at a dog shelter. What's your passion? You know, what, what can you do to make a difference in your life? When you take a look at your life and your legacy in life, you know, think about, okay, what, what's going to happen when I die? What are people going to say about me? Write your own eulogy. You know, that's a, that's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. Writing your own eulogy to think, okay, here's this, por- this person. What did that person accomplish here on earth? Was, was their only accomplishment that they were a great mother? Well, then that's a, that's a great existence. You know, if that's, if that's what you're, you know, you're known for, being a great mom or a great dad, you yeah, know, that's a fantastic thing. But what are your gifts? What else could be in that eulogy that you want all these people to remember you by while you still have time to do it go ahead and, and you know start putting that thing start putting things into action my book will always be there even when I'm long gone now it's I've got, I've got this whole chunk of me because uh, my heart and soul is been motivated to act and my character the dancing Yeti We've got some really cool you know, music videos, me dancing around in this abominable snowman costume and there's a whole bunch of people that really laugh and like it. So I'm in, I'm into entertainment. You know, what a disservice that I would do to myself and to other people if I just kept these gifts to myself. So That's right. break free break free and use your gifts is my tip.
1: I love it. Great. Stephen, thank you so much for sharing a part of your story and for sharing with the listeners some tips and thoughts about your book where would others connect with you and get a copy of motivated to act
0: they can actually go to motivated to act.com they could check me out check me out there i do uh, motivational speaking so i'm actually available to go to places and i bring books with me they can also go to amazon.com and they could buy motivated to act there it's just a they won't get an copy if they buy it online. Yeah, that's a good place to find me, motivatedtoact.com. It also has, there's links on there for my acting as well. And I'm on Facebook too, Stephen Tako.
1: And that's Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, T-A-K-O for our listeners who yeah. need to have the correct spelling. Thank you again, Stephen.
0: Oh, sure. Thank you. It was a great the opportunity to talk with you.